Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. What is under attack in the church today? I submit to you that one of the major attacks upon the church today is against the birthright of love. Take a listen to these episodes and I pray that you will be convinced by the Holy Spirit of the love that the Father has for you. I pray then that you will begin to let him reveal to you where it is under attack in your own life. Then you'll be able to discern more easily and more sharply where it is under attack in the church and in our culture. Love you all. All right, here we are, Birthright of Love 2.0. So what is under attack in the church of the firstborn? I submit to you that one of the major attacks in the church of Jesus Christ is the love that comes to us only through Jesus Christ, from the Father, by the person and the power of Holy Spirit pouring it into us. This birthright of love. As Adam and Eve believed the lie in the garden, so all of mankind fell prey to finding love and life outside of the Father. This was the lie of the enemy then, and really he hasn't changed that much. And he continues to count on the stupidity of our flesh that just keeps believing, keeps ever the optimistic view that I will find some good in humanity. I will finally find a person and on and on it goes because I am determined by the nature of self. I am determined to be God and I'm determined to find love outside of God and to find life. That was the lie in the beginning. That is still the lie that is full-blown in our face right now. It is so in our face. It is chest-bumping us. It is mocking and ridiculing the people of God. But oftentimes we barely see it because we too have come to a place to almost idolize human love, to idolize marriage, to idolize children, to idolize romance, to idolize love as we define it. And I think we should be able to define it. This is what we say. I certainly don't think that we should be defining love. I think love, uh, according to the scripture, is God himself. And, or let me say it this way, I base what I believe upon the word of God. And the word says God is love. It's not a feeling. It's not an infatuation. It's not just a human romance. Uh, it isn't just the dogged determination of human uh, love. Um, the love that is God, the love that comes from God, my friends, is born of him. It's nothing like human love. And this temptation that Adam and Eve fell to, went after, is the same temptation that comes to you and I. Our greatest temptations are not some of what let's just call the elementary sins, the elementary things of our independence, uh, just, you know, drinking and all, all these things that sometimes we are so, so offended over. We must be, by the work of Holy Spirit, horrifically uh, 
offended by the good of man. Mm, mm, mm. It is the avowed enemy of Christ as life. Because remember, it's the tree of life, and the other tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where man decides what's good and evil, what's right and wrong, what's okay and not okay with the changing times and with the culture and with new trends. And I'm here to say to you, man is not some higher evolved being. My friends, I personally think we're getting a little closer to the animal kingdom than to the kingdom of God as we follow the spectrum of sin, the spectrum of living independent. When restraint is thrown off, I'm just telling you, man becomes quite a being. Who we are apart from Christ, my friends, every illusion must be broken. Because if we are to come uh, to the Father through Jesus, by the person of Holy Spirit, we're going to have to see the good and evil for what it is from their point of view. And they hold no affinity for a good separate from them. Uh, They do not hold in high value all these other forms of love that are quote, breaking on to the scene, because you do understand when hell asks for an inch, it really means give me a mile. You do understand everything about hell is about control and domination. Hmm? Don't believe all the hype, my friends. As someone who has driven 95 miles an hour uh, down the highway of good, uh, independent uh, self as a, as a believer, And found the bridge to be out, uh, where I did my own version of Thelma and Louise and went off the cliff uh, into uh, the waters of demonic infestation. I'm I'm back to tell you, my friends, it's it's never what it appears. Hmm? Hell always glitters up front and destroys uh, on the other end. God, on the other hand, tells you the truth in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. Uh, It is difficult in the beginning, but oh my, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So just as one who is a living witness to these things, I just wanted to share that in the midst of what we're talking about today. You can see the details of all of that. Uh, Order my book on Amazon, From Trauma to Trust. Uh, or you can get the audio book read by me on uh, theproducersway.com. And uh, so let us continue. You see, temptation, my friends, is for you to find love in life um, via the creature, not the creator. Although I desire for you to know God not as creator but as father through Jesus. Um, by the work of Holy Spirit. But always and forever, it's come out here and you can find life and love for yourself. You see, even once we're redeemed and we now share in his life and love, right? Because Jesus could never keep it all for himself. Jesus was never going to be uh, the only son, Now, I always remind you of this because I never know if this is your first time to listen or not, but Jesus is the only one who is son of God, son of man, and yet he reproduces after himself. He's the first of many brethren. That's what Romans 8 tells us. So Jesus would never keep for himself that which he was meant 
to share and pass on. That's how it was in the garden. He was the tree of life, right? But now via the cross, if you will, that tree, um, he now once again offers the opportunity to everyone uh, to come home to them. And this is where God, by his many dealings with us as sons, begins to put love into right order. And this is what hell is fighting. Hell is fighting love being brought into right order. Because when it does happen, my friends, you're never going to be confused again. More than likely, you'd never be deceived again because he is so thorough. This birthright of love, my friends, is very, very powerful. Such an understatement. Sometimes I just, I can't find the words to describe what he's showing, what he's doing, um, you know, as I attempt to describe to you. But then I realize, oh, that's right. It's not going to be based on my words. I hope my words and somehow create a hunger in you. But my words, my friends, were never meant to describe it fully to you. You'll have to go to him to know for yourself. So it's very important that we know the love that God is and the love that God has for us. And to receive this love deeply and daily, hourly. You see, the enemy comes to tempt the sons of God, just as he did the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus. For Satan knows what has always worked on us, uh, and he keeps using it to draw us away. And what is it that we're constantly looking for love in places other than God? And oftentimes, in such deep disillusionment and discouragement and depression and disappointment, and the defilements of our early life, we oftentimes don't realize that we're giving up our birthright to eternal love to find it in short-term appetites, short-term temporary love. You know, we have encoded in us preset limits concerning love. All humans do. And uh, humans um, will only go so far Uh, because human love is idolatry. Human love has preset limits, my friends. Everything human has limits. Only God and all that he is and all that he pours into us has no limit in the sense of who it will love and the lengths to which it will go, right, according to God. Human love is idolatry where we put the creature before the creator. We put humans, we put self, really. It's it's the self, right? Because I decide I want that person. I decide this is what would be love to me. I decide these things. So trust me, we're the God. We're the God and we're choosing what humans we would like to have the way we would like to have it, the one that makes me feel safe, the one that makes me feel loved, the one that pays attention to me. I'll take that one every day over the love of the Father. Hmm? And it's idolatry when we look to it for identity, meaning, value, affirmation, and we put in another human being's bestowal of love and acceptance towards us, we put that above the Father's 
pure and total love and acceptance, which comes only in Christ. And man says, no, thank you. I'll get it myself. Hmm? But you see, God is about to put love in right order in his people, in his church. Love, my friends. Love. And I've been talking about this for years and years and allowing him to do this in me and promoting this in others. God is putting love in right order. And the enemy is in an all-out, brutal, frontal, in-your-face attack on man will decide what love is. And you watch how he's ratcheting it up. And that's an indicator to what he knows is about to come. And, and what has come and is coming and will continue to come is God is coming on the scene, my friends, in ways we have never known. And it would uh, be wise on our part to let God do it. It would be wise of us to let God do exactly what it is he wants to do. I'm inviting him in my life in a fresh way, and saying, Father, I thank you for all that I've known of you and your love. I thank you for all your dealings with me. But, oh, Father, do not stop. Continue as you have determined to bring me deeper to yourself. I don't want you to have to come and run me down because I'm living like a bastard. I refuse to live as an orphan. I'll just interject here, my friends. No one's ever been an orphan. Your father was either the devil or your father is God himself. We've never been in a state of being orphans. We always had a father. You can look at that in John eight forty four. You might have lived as though you were an orphan, but you never were. When we're in Adam, our father is the devil. When we're in Christ, God is our Father. And we have this privilege, according to John 1.12, this privilege, this right, the authority to be called the sons of God. But have we valued that? No, we've been trying to be nice Christians. We've been trying to be successful ministers. We've all kinds of things. But the privilege and the Christ-ordained right to be called his sons. Wow. What a privilege. Will you count it as your greatest privilege to be his according to him as he has determined? When the cross is at work, when he brings us into the wine press to put love in right order, my friends, we bow. And he does it his way, according to what he knows that we need. It is not by our demands. It is not by the encoded preset limits of love. And I say to you today, oh, my friends, be warned. Don't give up your eternal birthright of love to satisfy a temporary appetite. Don't settle for the scraps of human love. 
don't settle for the scraps of someone else's approval. Could we allow Holy Spirit to grant unto us, by the goodness of God, a deep, deep metanoia, deep repentance, something, my friends, that man cannot create or produce. We simply say to God, do in me what you know is necessary. My friends, right now as I'm speaking into this little microphone on my phone, I am bowing my head because I do not say these words lightly. I don't encourage you to do it lightly. I want to close by reading from Diedrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, where he speaks about um, human love. Mm. He sometimes calls it the dark love of good and evil desire. Mm? Oh, I tell you what, I'm... (laughs) Actually, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, hmm, should I read this at this point in the episode? But I will to close out. Human love is directed to the other person for his own sake. Spiritual love loves him for Christ's sake. Human love seeks direct contact with the other person. It loves him not as a free person, but as one whom it binds to itself. Human love wants to gain, to capture by every means. It uses force. It desires to be irresistible, to rule. Human love has little regard for truth. It makes the truth relative since nothing, not even the truth, must come between it and the beloved person. Human love desires the other person, his company, his answering love, but it does not serve him. On the contrary, it continues to desire even when it seems to be serving. There are two marks, both of which are one and the same thing, that manifest the difference between spiritual and human love. Human love cannot tolerate the dissolution of a fellowship that has become false for the sake of genuine fellowship, and human love cannot love an enemy that is, one who seriously and stubbornly resists it. Both spring from the same source. Human love is by its very nature desire, desire for human community. So long as it can satisfy this desire in some way, it will not give it up, even for the sake of truth, even for the sake of genuine love for others. But where it can no longer expect its desire to be fulfilled, there it stops short, namely, in the face of an enemy. There it turns into hatred, contempt, and calumny. Now I took the time to look up this word calumny, C-A-L-U-M-N-Y. It means that it turns into hatred, contempt, and making false and defamatory statements about someone in order to damage their reputation. It goes on to say, Spiritual love, however, comes from Jesus Christ. It serves Him alone. 
It knows that it has no immediate access to other persons. Jesus Christ stands between the lover and the others he loves. I do not know in advance what love of others means on the basis of the general idea of love that grows out of my human desires. All this may rather be hatred and an insidious kind of selfishness in the eyes of Christ. What love is, only Christ tells in his word. Contrary to all my own opinions and convictions, Jesus Christ will tell me what love toward the brethren really is. Therefore, spiritual love is bound solely to the word of Jesus Christ. Where Christ bids me to maintain fellowship for the sake of love, I will maintain it. Where his truth enjoins me to dissolve a fellowship for love's sake, there I will dissolve it, despite all the protest of my human love. Because spiritual love does not desire, but rather serves, it loves an enemy as a brother. It originates neither in the brother nor in the enemy, but in Christ and his word. Human love can never understand spiritual love, for spiritual love is from above. It is something completely strange, new, and incomprehensible to all earthly love. Because Christ stands between me and others. I dare not desire direct fellowship with them. Now I'm going to stop here with the reading because I'm telling you, my friends, this stuff will provoke you. And I want to say to you that when it talks about standing between you and others, this is when we realize in the God kind of love, in Christ's love, other people don't belong to me. They aren't my property. I don't get to do with them just any way I want to, to serve my purposes. They belong to him. Whether they're born again or not, whether they're my brethren or they are my enemy, if you will. And not from my standpoint, but from theirs potentially. They see me as their enemy. In the relationships that we have with other brethren, they don't belong to us, my friend. Hmm? They don't belong to us. Though I may long for friends whom I love, I cannot make them uh, return that love. I cannot make them engage with me, though I long for the fellowship of them. They have decided, let's say, for whatever reason, to uh, divide themselves from me, to separate themselves from me. And even further, as I stay with God in that thinking, uh, it might not really have that much to do with me. See, human love always sees the person, myself, let's say, as the center focus, right? But when I get into the God kind of love, the agape love, his love, and he's putting it in right order, I understand that person must follow him first before it ever follows my relationship with them. Oh, my friends, the love that is God and of God is under attack. But then there is the working out of that love. Once I protect and guard the love that he pours into me as my most you know, prized treasure, and he's putting it in right order, then I begin to learn how to actually let him love me Love myself according to his love, and then love others according to that love. This is quite a school, my friends. 
This is quite a learning. And though I miss certain people in my life very deeply, I totally understand they must follow him, even if it means leaving me. Might not be because of anything to do with me. They simply are following what he's telling them to do. Oh, my friends, human love hates the freedom of other people. It wants them to be attached, enmeshed. If you dare step out, ooh, the control and domination and possessiveness, the possessiveness of it will grab you. It will trash you. It will manipulate you. Hmm? But when the love of the Father is moving through the brethren and the church begins to be built up in love, my friends, there's getting ready to be the operation of God in ways we've never seen. I want to be a part of receiving that love, uh, living in that love and passing on that love as I learn it. And I want to see it flood the house of God, the fire of his love. I certainly think that's enough for today. Watch for where the love that he has for you is under attack. Not from others, but from right inside of you by the flesh still trying to define love for you. And then let him take you further and further into this great education that he brings to us. And let us decide, according to John 1.12, that being his is our greatest privilege. And let's live in the eternal birthright of that. All right, until next time. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.